I mean, I, I want to get into it when we when we actually start talking. This isn't the pod. Have we not started talking? We didn't start talking. <laughs> you want to start? Okay, I'll give you an intro and then we'll get into it. That was we didn't start yet. That's hilarious. No, okay, I thought I we did, just, but that's great. Let's get it straight. Okay. Um, <laughs> welcome to another edition of the You Should Do Comedy Podcast. We're getting into the swing of things right now because I've known my guest for a while, and every time he's in town, I always make it a habit to go see him because I think he's one of the funniest guys working in this industry. Nova Scotia born, but cutting his teeth in the Big Apple, New York City. Please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Nathan McIntosh. Nathan, how are we doing? Buddy, it's the best day of my life. Thanks for having me. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Clearly, this bent has been going on post, you know, the recording time on this podcast. But we've been chit-chatting for a while, just kind of uh, catching up on, on, on life. Uh, are you on the road right now or are you in New York? I just got back to New York yesterday. I was in Montana on the weekend. Uh, there's a bunch of storms here. So two of the last three nights... I spent in the Minneapolis airport, um, which, you know, you if you're going to be out? stuck, yeah, I, one of the nights it was weather. And then the next night they said that a, the guy moving the jet bridge, like basically unplugged the plane. So we lost power and the pilot was just like, yeah, we're not, we're not going anywhere. So they unplugged the plane. That's what he said. Basically, uh, if you, I would say though, if you're going to be stranded at an airport, the one in Minneapolis is not bad. It's pretty big. They got some art in it. It's huge. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways, whatever. I'm back in New York right now. I go to Chicago this weekend, and then February 16th, I'm going to be at the Billboard Cabaret in Vancouver, and I'm Blow hoping right into it. <laughs> everything's fine there because traveling January, February, March. These are these are. You're just taking your life in your own hands. I mean, there could be so much, whatever, weather-wise, you know what I mean? The whole thing could be hell. And Vancouver couldn't be farther away from where I'm going. But, uh, yeah, come out. It's going to be great. It's the best. Awesome. One question I wanted to ask from that was, what's the scene in Montana like? The comedy scene, especially. The scene? I, I'm not sure. I was in Great Falls. And legitimately, show was awesome. The theater's awesome. Crowd was great. It, uh, Great Falls had the vibe of like, um, like, like, like a Miramachine, New Brunswick, but it's on the upswing, not the downswing. Okay, that's <laughs> positive, I guess. Miramachine is on the full downswing, and look, I, I, I spent so much time there. I got a lot of family there. They used to have two pulp mills. Before the pulp mills closed, Miramachine was cooking. We're talking, we're talking. We got restaurants, we got bars. You can go to Chuck Wagon Chicken. Once the pulp mills closed. Dear God, man, it is it is on a full, you know, anyways, Great Falls is on the up. I think maybe they got they just got to pulp mills and they're they're really they're they're climbing. I liked it. I thought it was great. Awesome. Well, being the nature of this podcast, I mean, I, uh, it's titled You Should Do Comedy. But with every comedian that I have on, I kind of want to get the origin story. But as I mentioned off the top, Nova Scotia born, but now you're cutting your teeth in New York. So, I mean, for you. Starting off in the industry, did you have that? I mean, I kind of picture in my head every comedian has that Eddie Murphy raw moment at the beginning of that movie where he's like performing in front of his family and the, like, my kid's going to be a star. Was that kind of like your first kind of, you know, break into this industry? Like you saw it, you, you, you thought you were funny, you performed it in front of family, and then you just had to, you know, 
have a mic in your hand. You have to perform. You have to, you have to make people like, what's the origin story of Nathan McIntosh? How did this all happen for you? Um, the X-Men I, uh, originals. <laughs> I, uh, my, my, so I didn't perform anything in front of my family. Uh, no, I, they say that's no, your first audience. No, no, no. I didn't have a dad. My mom drank. There was a, my, uh, my, my, my mom always had stand up on in the house. So I just oh. always saw it as a kid. But as far as like, hey, mom, I want to do comedy. No, she was fucking eating cigarettes on the phone. <laughs> I, one, she's not going to give a fucking two. I don't think she's going to even be hear what the fuck I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I just always because my mom always had stand up on the house. I just always thought it was very cool. And uh, I just wanted to do it since I was like 10. So I started doing it, you know, when I when I could. Do you remember your first joke? Yeah, at the time in Halifax, there was a gang of people who were walking around with boxing gloves, robbing people of their uh, of their money, and they were what? forcing people to. Uh, yeah, I don't know why, man. Fuck, dude. It's a, I don't know why, but, but this they is had a thing. Boxing gloves on, robbing. They had boxing gloves on. I think like one of them did because they, they basically they were like, if you don't give us your money, we're gonna rock you in the fucking face. I mean, there's there's um, <laughs> I don't know why, but anyways. They were also, they were taking people's money and they were also taking their, making them walk to a bank and, uh, you know, take out money from their, their, the machine. Yeah, right. Okay. And I, my joke basically was that like, if they don't take you to your branch, <laughs> you're going to be charged a fee. So not only are you being robbed by this gang, the, the machine is asking for a cut. That was the whole <laughs> That was the whole deal. Um, that was the first thing I ever said, like, I guess to a group of people. But I started writing jokes when I was like 10. Um, but yeah. Now, I, the, the question I always ask comics when and when the situation sort of comes up, I mean, the move to the States. Why was it New York? I mean, I can see why. But New York over L.A. As L.A. is this and always has been this giant media mecca metropolis. But then New York has so many avenues of art that you can go to whether it's theater acting and then the schools that teach both but then the comedy scene and especially the stand-up scene in new york is uncomparable so was it strictly for the stand-up career or did you have aspirations to get into the acting career as well i mean i like to do acting stuff or whatever but yeah it's all i i wouldn't live in the states if not for stand-up if i if i didn't if I didn't want to do stand-up, I would have tried to keep one of the fucking pulp mills in Miramichi open, and I would just drive a truck between the both of them. <laughs> or I'd work at Sobeys, and I would have a big beard, and I would eat cigarettes and talk to fucking seagulls in the parking lot while I eat my lunch. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, But I always want to do stand-up. My favorite comedians are from New York. I like New York. Me and the sun are not friends. I don't like the beach. There's nothing about L.A. that draws me to it. I, it's just not, it's just not for me, but I like, uh, I've always liked New York. I always wanted to live in New York. Now, how many years has it been for you? 12, man. So does that classify you as a New Yorker? No, you're never going to be. You I don't call it home? It's my, I get, it's where I live, but I'm, 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 I'm from Nova Scotia. I'm, I'm from the Maritimes. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I am. I can't. In my head, maybe I'm stupid. You, you can't. I can't just become a New Yorker because I was. I fucking lived here for a while, and I've seen a bunch of rats on the train. That to me, like I live here, and it, you know what I mean. But I'm not a New Yorker. How, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Am I? Would you say that I am? 
I don't know. Well, L.A. is always a mix of people from everywhere else in this world. So I can only see New York like that. But then, yes, yeah, New York you is, get I those two right. bona fide New Yorkers, like the yeah. way they talk, the way they, I mean, Toronto's becoming that as well, which was going to lead into my next question, because as much as L.A. and New York are these meccas for for artistry and 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 artists to come kind of plant their seed and, 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 and flourish, Toronto has become that as well. And especially with comedy, comics from all over. Canada want to make it in Toronto because this is where everything is shot or production or, or you know, there's a lot of stages here. And then there's this mentality of Toronto versus everybody. Do you feel like that as a Canadian that kind of looked at the landscape that your move to Toronto too was like, uh, you got to move. If you, if you need to go anywhere, if you need to move the dial anywhere in your career, you got to go to the big spot. Was that. It yeah. I mean, you? I like, for, yeah, I lived in Toronto for six years. Um, at the time, I was like, you can't really go from Halifax to New York. I don't know how you I don't, how you do that. So, yeah, I lived didn't in Grant Toronto. Did Grant K for, do that? Not that he's from Halifax, but I mean. He's from Ottawa. He might have. Ottawa. Maybe he did. He went Ottawa, but, um, New York. All right, so fuck me then, I guess. I could have just went <laughs> no, right from God, Halifax to. No, I get it. No, you're right. I should go back in time and never move to Toronto. Um, but I, I don't <laughs> think you, like I don't think you uh, uh, hated your time in Toronto, did you? I didn't hate my time in Toronto, but like Toronto, uh, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to give my fucking views on Toronto. I don't care. Please I like, I have total tons of views on Toronto. I like, yeah, but I, I just don't, I just don't, I mean, I don't, I, whatever, man. I liked, I, I liked the comedy scene in Toronto, uh, a lot. I mean, that's basically, that is where I started basically. I did like four shows in Halifax and then moved to Toronto. Um, I loved the comedy scene. I loved being a part of it. Uh, I hope in some fucking way that I still am, even though I'm not like, I don't go back a lot at all and I should, but I mean, I, I love the Toronto comedy scene, the city itself coming from the Maritimes. I, I liked Toronto. I never fully fell in love with Toronto and there's parts of it still when I go back where I'm like, what are we, what the fuck are we doing here? But I mean, yeah, I, dude, I, I feel like that now, <laughs> But, Toronto's I mean, more expensive show, than New York, dude, and it has been for years. It's not even like it's not even it's not even it's not even it's not close anymore. But it used to be sort of close. But Toronto, Toronto's definitely more expensive than New York, and is really trying to be New York. And it, it, there's just yeah, I don't I want look, man. I don't want it. I I don't. <laughs> I like Toronto. Okay, I like the fucking city. I like the city too, but yes, it has a very New York complex. But I must say, your last show in Toronto was a sellout. Your name is still, you know, big here. No, people come up for Nathan McIntosh. Why? Thank you. You know, and if I, if I, if I, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I was, I, I, the 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 new comedy bar in the Danforth is great. That's a great venue. I mean, what do you think of the comedy structure from when you started in the city to where it is now coming back, and you're seeing kind of like everyone kind of having a voice. So much more, you know, stage time and rooms have opened up. I mean, how do you see that kind of arc in Toronto? Actually, across Canada now, because, I mean, you're, you're gearing up for JFL Vancouver, but comics are coming from every sort of landscape within Canadian culture now. I mean, what's your view on the Canadian comedy scene? I mean, the, the Canadian comedy scene is great. As, as dumb as what I just said to you is, it is. One thing I always uh, that I did really like about Toronto when I got there uh, I mean, this is a long time ago, but there used to be the the Laugh Resort on um, King Street, and yeah, uh, in the basement of the Howard, uh, no, the Holiday Inn. Yeah, right? and there was yeah, 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 and there was um, I remember going there like that's the club that I went to over the other one, 
And uh, I liked that everybody had their own voice. Every comedian I saw was like a different person. They all had individuality. They all had a unique thing. Every one of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's there's a lot of that in Canada because there's also a lot of like if you're gonna do stand up, there's not a lot of money to be made necessarily. So you kind of just get to become yourself. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah, you might yeah. as well. You're gonna drive to fucking Sudbury for fifty bucks and talk to four guys wearing you know plaid fucking shirts and those hats that say like skidoo and they got a number and a fucking slice of pizza on them. So you might as well become you because. Whatever, but that part that part of the Canadian comedy scene or Canadian comedy in general i i uh I love yeah, do you notice that there have been trends in comedy, and this is not just strictly yes Canadian, but I mean everything like you go on social media now, and what do they I think I heard something like the number one thing people share between like from one guy to another guy are comedy clips, and from women to women, it's cooking clips. Mm. <laughs> like memes or, or like whatever they are but i mean the amount of comics and i can understand this from a comedic perspective no i know like i'm not a comedian i don't know what it's like but to burn your material is one thing but to show the excessive amount of crowd work that i see has become such this trend right now because it makes the audience think that, oh, this is comedy. I'm a part of the show. I can say something and it'll go viral and he'll put it on his social media. And mm -hmm. it just gives this skewed definition of this is what the show is like. You could just come say whatever and make your opinion and then the comic will interact with you. And mm -hmm. yes, to the comic, that's crowd work, but that's not their set. So I don't know if you fall victim to that or you've seen that or your opinion on that, but I, it's just overbearing now. I mean, I, I get it that comics want to show some funny stuff when they're on the road and kind of showcase that unique moment that happened in time at that one place, at that one bar where they did comedy. But I don't know. Nathan, go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, you OK? Yeah, I I don't uh, post a lot of crowd work at all. I, I post mostly I post jokes. Um, crowd work definitely is a trend right now that uh, has changed audiences in a lot of ways but i mean uh, buddy we're all becoming the algorithm man it's it's a it's a sad state of affairs you see a thing you do a thing and that's just what it is you know what i mean to to and the things that are working i guess right now uh are uh hey where are you from detroit oh shit you ever you ever have detroit pizza what tour dates but again if you're a person, right, and you're violently shitting, like think about where people watch things, man. You're yeah. on a toilet, okay? You're violently shitting. We're talking violently, violently. Like your your toilet's gonna explode. You're hanging onto the fucking walls. You're gonna you're gonna die, baby. You're not gonna make it out of this situation. And you're scrolling on a phone, right? Now, do you want to see thoughts? Do you want to see actual thought out things, or do you want to see honking and beeping from somebody that's smiling? You want to see honking and beeping from somebody that's smiling. Oh, wow. You've been to Sault Ste. Marie? Her, her. Dates. So it makes sense. I don't, I just don't care. It's not the, it's not a thing that I want to do or be a part of. Um, but that's it. It, it. it is what it is. People are violently shitting and we're trying to entertain people who are, you know what I mean? Violently. I mean, yeah, but like, 
comics, yes, have now fallen a victim of the algorithm, as you're saying. In order yes. to get noticed, this is what you need to do. And exactly how you phrased it. Dumb joke, whatever, interaction, ha-ha, tour dates. But on the flip side to that, I yes. mean, there there is some innovation. One being, hey, just for laughs, I mean, I just noticed right now they're doing these comedy series like In the Round, very intimate, very close, stand-up material in sort of this round little soundstage and comics get to, and I love that because for me, the comedy club, the, the low ceiling, dark room, even the theater, that is stand-up to me. Once the comic goes on the massive stadium tours, hey, congrats. On all your success, you've sold out 18,000. I saw Andrew Schultz at the uh, Scotiabank Arena. And thank you for free tickets because I wouldn't have paid for that because I'd rather watch it on Netflix. Because to me, sitting up in the bleachers because the tickets are so expensive and watching a guy like on stage or at, on a screen isn't stand-up. It's the vibe that you bring. And especially with your energy on stage, you you command that room when you, when you get on there in a comic should through the power of your act, the microphone, the voice, how you interact with everyone. But there are like, I mean, Kill Tony's uh, uh, a new innovative way to kind of do stand-up or comics sort of kind of audition under a, a minute time frame. But can comedy follow suit the other way, be more innovative, be more like, wow, I never saw that. Like, have you seen this guy said? It's amazing. He does. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know yeah, if there's a question I there, but I, I I see an evolution going the other way. <laughs> I, I think I, I I think I know what you mean, and I think there is sort of uh, so okay. This these are my only uh, you know in the time that I've been in comedy, there have been a few comedy trends. One being the one that I remember the most because it's the one I disliked the most at the time because okay. I was younger and I whatever I just didn't like it, and I still don't. But whatever was ukulele comedy, the ukulele years of comedy. I hated just about every day of it. I hated the ukulele. I hate the songs. I hate the cuteness. I hate the, the <laughs> pattern dress shirts with the little dinosaurs on it and the thick fucking glasses and the, the goddamn easel with the fucking... My mom said... Bah, bah, bah. I hated the ukulele <laughs> years, okay? Okay. But, okay? but it was... Everybody... Here's what I'm trying to get to. Everybody in the ukulele years who was playing the ukulele was winning hard. They were all moving, shaking, doing stuff. They were doing TV. They were doing Just for Laughs. Just for Laughs at one point in time, you might as well call it the fucking ukulele for Laughs Festival. I mean, it was just <laughs> ukulele after ukulele. Where do you even get these cocksucking fucking things? I hated the ukulele years. However, the thing that stayed... Do you see anybody with a ukulele now? Here's my point. No! Because this was a trend in comedy. But joke stuff, stand-up stuff has kind of stayed and will kind of stay. And I feel I'm not against crowd work stuff. I don't really care, but I do feel we're in a, uh, that phase and joke things will last continue. I, I don't know that crowd work can just be, just become what standup is for the rest of time. I do think it's a, it's a, a, a trend right now, but the actual, I think that's what you're trying to say, right? Can do joke, do jokes continue on past, the 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 crowd work trend right is this what you're, you're saying Have yes because even the arena trend can just stand up itself continue on uh, exactly past or does somebody need yes. to put a stigma to it like another i don't know another gimmick or uh, you know yeah i think so i think so i mean i think that that part 
will continue. Will it be, you know, as big as some of the other things? I don't know, but but that that part of it I do think uh, lasts and stays because people still toss around jokes, you know, from Carlin, from Chris Rock, from Chappelle, whatever, from years and years ago. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen. Now I'm not saying they don't exist. I haven't seen a lot of the ukulele years continue on in clip no. form or like, hey, have you seen? Do you remember when that guy sang that fucking song with the the three piece fucking thing that should be under, you know? tossed under a bed in a motel six like what is this instrument and why are we having it why is this so cute and stupid and what is what is i know that you had two parents but what the fuck does that have to fucking do with this world so but that that part hasn't (laughs) continued on i didn't like i don't like the ukulele years man i fucking I, i you just walked around the goddamn scene Going, holy fuck, man. If I got to see one more cocksucker with a ukulele, I sort of, God, going to blow my dick through my own ass. Uh, but that's me. At uh, one point, Gallagher had a career. He was smashing watermelons, for Christ's sake. So, I mean, but can I tell you something about possible. Gallagher? Can I what? tell you something about Gallagher? Because people, people use Gallagher a lot as like a... Gallagher, though, has 14 comedy specials, right? And Gallagher... now. Gallagher has so much, had so much smart material shown to you as he, this, the fucking watermelon man was basically just him getting people in the door. That's how he got people to come. But he did have a lot of like really smart material. He just happened to be on a stage in roller skates going back and forth (laughs) telling it to you or jumping on a giant couch. But he did have, smart material that was just his, his way of getting people in the in the building and then past you know whatever the hell happened with him at the i'm just saying he he did no, have very smart overshadowed by stuff. the shtick people yes, come for the shtick and not yeah. and when they're there they're like oh well that's innovative like i mean that's yeah. what comedy is it's taking the idea and mm-hmm. and and putting it in a way that makes you think but makes you laugh like that is the job of a comedian is to make you laugh but I can understand everything else that the comic needs to do to get you through the door. Hence the shtick. I mean, yeah. another big trend that I again, I want your take on this because I I think you have something to say. But not so much of the cancel culture, but the comics that are pushing the envelope now and the big, not uproar, but I mean, comics are now refraining. Some have from hosting the celebrity award shows. That's not the room. For a comedian to express his true self. Most notably, a couple weeks back, Joe Coy uh, at the Golden Globes kind of got thrown under the bus or threw his writers under the bus, didn't have the best performance. Is Joe Coy funny? 100%. Uh, does he have a crowd? Does he have a, a niche or a shtick, if you will? 100%. Were the Golden Globes the best audience for him? Maybe not. And then cut to this past weekend, you get someone like Chelsea Handler. Another comic does a great job at, uh, what was it, Critics' Choice or something like that. But I'm noticing now that can artists entertain other other artists? Are comics accepted into that world? Because, yeah, those rooms are the toughest rooms to kind of entertain. So, like, are, are you just, like, I'm sure, would you take the gig if they offered you? Let's say, I don't know, the Geminis, the Junos, Nathan McIntosh, you want to host? Yes, of course. Of course you're going to take that well, gig? Of course, but here's... Of course. Who the fuck am I? Look, man, 
I, I, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Now, going into that, though, would you not think, would I not think this is going to be tough? Of course. This is, it's like a corporate show live. For, for yeah. people, comedians do corporate gigs, right? For like the dentists of fucking Ontario. And it's a whole <laughs> room of dentists. And these shows are miserable for the most part. Because it's all one group and it's all, it's just brutal. A lot of people there are scared. I wouldn't even say scared. A lot of people there, it's at their job. They're at their job with their, their, uh, you know, coworkers, their boss, all this stuff. stuff. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a a work function that they're at. So these aren't the greatest types of situations. The award show stuff to me is the same deal, but now it's in front of millions of people. You're, You're not, it's not just the room. Now there's people at home covered in butter wearing Crocs, who also get to see this thing. It, that Those rooms are set up in such a way. I mean, just thinking of the Golden Globes, those round tables, how big that room is. I mean, it's not easy at all. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you can do it, and people have done it. But when I host the Junos, yes, man, today I host the fucking East Coast Music Awards. I host it. What do I, what am I, who, yes. Uh-uh. <laughs> can you imagine going to, no, I don't want to do it. No, not not me. So when when people like Kevin Hart or Chris Rock kind of say, no, it's not for me, have they reached a certain plateau in their career where it's like... No, dude, okay. What? Kevin Hart was supposed to host the Oscars, and then they found some tweets that they didn't like and and told him to get out. Chris Rock was beaten (laughs) at at an award show. These two men have every right to never go back to these situations again. You know what I mean? 100%. You completely like. I mean, <laughs> if I you, that this is just two different things. You know what I mean? Okay, but I, okay. I I can see why people wouldn't necessarily want to do uh, these things. And were you also trying to say too that it's because some of them are hard to do because of cancel culture or whatever the hell we want to call it? Sure. I mean, yeah, you have to tiptoe around so many topics that you don't overstep the line. But that's what comedy is to me is going to that line, stepping over it in a way that, again, your job as a comedian to make that room laugh. I heard this quote the other day, and I want to share it with you. Uh, it's from Andy Warhol. It's, art is getting away with it. So when you conduct your art, you're doing it in a way where you're getting away with it. And for me, for a comedian's perspective, is you're saying the joke. We all know what you're trying to say. And yeah, you've gone over that line, but everybody's laughing in the room because you did it in a way where it was kosher for lack of a better word i don't know like it was everybody everybody was on board but we knew what you were saying but it was funny so the intelligence of comedy in a way surpassed the cancel culture let's say of that joke and to me that's what a comedian should be able to orchestrate in his set in a room like that oh my god there's so many grenades you can't you know you don't want to step on so is it worth the comic to even try to express it? Is it more of a challenge for you to do the corporate function when you know there are so much red tape when it comes to this this gig? Like, it's better I just, no. No, I, I don't want to do it because I know my brand of comedy. Like, as a comic, when you see a joke and it's right there, but you can't say it because it's this audience. How nerve-wracking is that? The thing is, I think you can still do the joke. You know what I mean? There, it, I just read... Um... 
Okay, okay you know it from one comic to another. I'm not saying I'm a comic, but you and your your comedic peers know that. Oh my God, how far you can take a joke. But if the situation ever arises, there's no way you could take a joke that far in that setting. But comedic. Yeah, but okay, so you can't do that joke in that place. But what's what's that have to do with anything? You know what I mean? Like there's um there's I also a joke or something. I don't know. All right, well then it can't. But it can't. It can't work there. You can't do it in front of the dentists of Ontario. You know what I mean? It's just. <laughs> There's a lot of great comedy that is also, I don't want to say confined, but inside of a thing of like, okay, these aren't things we're going to say. There's also great comedy that's outside of that. Like, I'm going to say whatever the hell I want. But um, I read this book recently. Let me try to, uh, God, I can't remember the author's name. Anyways, it's a book about cancel culture, right? In mm -hmm. In comedy and about how people have been complaining about comedy since the 1800s. Okay, so you read this. People have been saying the exact same things. 1850, 1950. You can't say that somebody went on be on TV and say a joke, and people, oh God, how could you? So I don't, I don't care in terms of that type of stuff. I'm it, like, I'm also not doing. I don't know, uh, uh, whatever. But, but I, the fact when you, the fact that this has been going on forever and ever and ever and ever, we're just now able to hear. I guess more people talk about it is just sort of well, who cares man who who cares there's there's a lot of places you haven't been able to do things i mean well you can always do the thing but people right. might be upset about it and there might be now more people upset about it because it's easier for them to be upset about it but we have never been in a time in comedy where people have not been upset about certain jokes certain topics uh certain certain things so it just it, it's not I don't know. It's not even worth worrying about or thinking about or just sort of, you know, in my head anyway. And there will be points right. in time where it's most stuff happen. on, yeah. No, and also there's stuff on TV where they're like, look, we don't want you to talk about this, 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 and this. Okay. There's stuff on the debaters. You can't just go up there and be like, you know, it's, these are, these things are in a structure, but they still make great comedy. There's still great comedy to be made in these things. And there's great comedy to be made outside of these structures. So I guess me personally, man, I don't want to draw the distinction be like, I'm not doing anything if I can't go up there and just show my dick. And just there's 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 so much there's so much stuff to be made in and out and of whatever. And then there's thing in and out doesn't even it's not even here. It's not even real. It's not even a thing, I guess. You know what I mean? So you can make a lot of comedy in a lot of different ways. Is that is that does that make any kind of sense? It, it, it does. It does. Relating back to you specifically, though, and, and your brand of comedy and anyone who's ever sort of seen you on stage, you're very animated, you're loud, you get into your rants. I love it. How often do you push oh, the line with that? Push the line with with topics and material. Is that exactly. what you're saying? Exactly. How far would you like to go with a lot of stuff? Well, that's the thing. There's certain things I just don't necessarily care to talk about personally. I, I just don't find them interesting. I just don't. There's certain things I just don't find you know, exciting. I have, I have said things before where people have gone, no. And I'll go, why? Like I've, I've talked to people after shows about jokes. I'll say a thing. And then people have gone, that's not good. Blah, blah, blah. And I'll go, I'll talk to you after. And we can figure this out legitimately. I'll, I'll talk to yeah. you. I'm, I'm down to hear what your thought process is about what I'm saying, because I also want to make, try to make things that, that are, are, as as like thought out as they could be. So if somebody says to me, that is wrong for this reason, and I can go, 
all right, yeah, I see where you're coming from. And then make the thing that I'm trying to say that much better or that much fucking more well-rounded or whatever. But as far as like sitting down in my house and going, how can I bother the libs today? I just don't like, <laughs> I don't have that thought. You know what I mean? I don't have the thought of, um, of left or right. I, 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 I just, I just like, I don't necessarily think in those type of terms of you can't, they can't tell me what to do. Right. I, I, I just don't have that sort of, um, there's certain things I'll say for sure that p- people might not go, whatever, might not find the best or might not find the most, you know, I'm also not trying to not bother people. Does that make sense? I also don't sit home and go, what, how, you know, I'm just going to do things about Q-tips and not bother anybody. <laughs> I'm not trying to do that either. I just like, I don't have the thought necessarily of I'm going to p- piss people off because of uh, cancel cult. Well, but I mean, well, hey, I a lot of people are like, trying to break into this industry with that very same reason. They don't have a name at all. And they figure if they make a joke about, I don't know, Israel, yes. Palestine, whatever the hell it's going to be, just some hot topic button issue that's going to just, uh-huh. oh, they're going to hate me, but they'll know my name. And that, well, this that's is, just, I just hate that. I hear you. And that also might be a little bit of a, a trend that might not continue on because right now it's very easy to have um you don't even have to have a joke necessarily you can just have a, a straight up opinion about a thing i also i also i don't try to do things that i don't necessarily have some sort of um emotion towards you know so so i think okay, what you're good. saying there's a yeah. lot of people who would just be like oh here's the thing that everybody's talking about let me make a joke about israel palestine uh just as a as a reference just to just to get a reaction just to see right. what people will do and um, I find that to be a little bit odd solely because the people that do the things like that don't know much about either side or the whole situation in general and are just doing it to bother people, like you, like you said. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a little bit like, well, what are we doing? Why, 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 why are we doing that? But I guess whatever, man, you can. You're trying to make a name for yourself. Dude, dude, dude I don't, what do I know? You know what I mean? I would host the Junos today. Well, no, okay? I, I would literally I would host the Junos him. today. Well, you're somebody obviously who knows the art form. You excel at it. You do it well. And then there's people who try to fast track the system and nothing will ever beat the grind, the stage time, the touring, the life on the road, the the, the, the getting in front of as many crowds. I mean, you can't compare somebody who just does New York crowds or Toronto crowds and thinks I'm hilarious. And then you drop them in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And they're like, what do you mean? My jokes ain't hidden because yeah, you're, you're structured to one niche or one audience or one type of system where yeah only those people are going to get it i mean i see it now with cultural based comics whether you're italian or greek or indian or whatever and they and they just stick to their crowd and yes they have their following god bless them but as soon as you pry them out you're you're very one-dimensional now mm-hmm. you uh, uh, are not actually because aside from this illustrious stand-up career that you have you also dabbled in the. Uh, <laughs> I'm buttering you up, goddammit. This is the most. Your acting career, the show Trapped. I Tell me about this because <laughs> I. No, because in a way, I kind of like it because it's another side of Nathan, but in a way, it's not. And it's still sort of you in this sort of different perspective. And again, another trend in comedy where somebody takes their act or, or, or their comedic stylings and it puts it into a setting of real day life and, and, and real life atmosphere 
and build a show around it. Um, how did this come to be, Traps? Tell me about it. Well, first of all, to 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 talk about what you first said there about people in their own niches. Yeah. Um, when I started, there was there wasn't a way to just talk to the people that you you know that that are mm-hmm. only your people. So now people can just build a following with their with find their own audience and only talk to these people, right? And basically have their own cult, which is... Yeah, that's what social media is, pretty much. What they have, yes. Uh, years ago, the whole thing was like, let's try to make as many people as you can laugh with your uh, voice. But mm-hmm. I would tell people, I'm not kidding. If you start stand-up today, which I don't know why you would. <laughs> I don't understand why you would, honestly. Put a, put a phone in your car and scream. It, 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 it'll get... Pro- whatever, but... I wouldn't tell anybody, hey, do it the old school way of like trying to entertain as many people as possible. Pal, you got a dent in your head? Find a whole bunch of other people that have dents in their heads and be the dented headed person online. And then you literally you sell out the fucking USB crypto.com goddamn arena with all dented headed people and they chant dented heads, dented heads. And everybody outside of the dented head community is going, I don't understand it. And then the guy on stage is like, they don't like us. Dented heads. Do that. Do that 100%. I'm not kidding. I'm not, I'm not even, I'm, I'm dead serious. Do not do the things that are, that are only about comedy or only about, you know, yeah, I guess only about comedy. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. But so your other point, um, uh, trapped. <laughs> I wrote a thing during the pandemic uh it, it became two seasons of a show that's on five tv uh 12 episodes i go home to nova scotia and it's uh, me and my mom and i get blackmailed by my old boss who um yeah blackmails me into working the job that i got that i walked out of years ago to start doing stand-up nice so this is all your premise you created it you kind of pitched it and 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 you were kind of the lead on a team of writers with it uh, is this all no i wrote oh. it i wrote the whole thing oh you wrote the whole thing yeah Wow. And yeah, uh, like you said, two seasons on, on Bell 5. But um, mm-hmm. again, do you see that as another trend, another sort of uh, something in the portfolio? Has yeah, I mean, actually, I, I, you know, how your acting chops. How, has anyone actually commented on, you know, Nathan, he's a great stand-up, but have you seen his work on Draft? What people have said is hilarious. They've been like, they, they go, you, you, they're like, hey, you can, you've, you acted well in this thing. I go, no, I didn't. I just being myself. And they right. go, well, you can play yourself well, because there's a lot of people who can't do that. And I'll go, okay, all right, I'll take that thing and go, okay, cool, I'll accept this. But as far as acting goes, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I, no, I'm not going to be in fucking There Will Be Blood 2. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, uh, I'm not that, but I did have a great time writing this show. I had a great time writing comedy that wasn't strictly stand up. And I had a great time writing jokes and and lines words whatever for other people and seeing that work with them i i i I love the experience i loved making a show back home i love that i had it was all people from nova scotia that were on it uh ron james jonathan torrens and trina corkum who who plays my mom Mm -hmm. um i loved it man i had a really fun i had a really fun time with it you know does that does that require another muscle in your head to kind of open up creativity creativity uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a different. Because you're not just um, writing for you; you're writing for a whole cast now. Yeah, it was a different form of writing, but I, like I said, I really liked it. And writing for my mom is pretty simple because I know her exactly. <laughs> you know the voice, right? But yeah, and the woman that played her, oh god, Trina, good god, so funny, so great. 
Um, I have some clips on my Instagram if people want to check it out. But uh, uh, that's how I yeah, noticed. I'm so like, funny. look at this great show. Why is it getting more? You know, why is it getting picked up? I mean, and that was all through the pandemic. The writing yes. side of it all. The writing side of it all. No, the, and the shooting side of it. It was shot. Yeah. The first season was 2021, and then second was 2022. But the Maritimes had a bubble at the ah. time, so so you could go in. You know, uh, what do you call it? Quarantine for two weeks, and then once you were in the bubble, people were sort of moving around. You know, but it was still kind of could only have this many people around that sort of deal. But but yeah, it was it was during the pandemic. Hey, it's in the portfolio. Like I said, you can always fall back on it. Not back on it but i mean like use it as oh, maybe a very rich man no no you're right it may be a very rich man the residuals dude <laughs> every day a Brinks truck comes to my house and it's just like a ton of money um no but i i i, I loved um I, I know what you're saying i apologize to, to jump in there i i, I love doing it and i would actually do i would love to do something like that again like it was just a fun again i don't know comedy stuff i like i like doing it the impeccable range of nathan mcintyre um, one of the best things barely a range <laughs> one of the best things I love about you and your material and one of my favorite jokes of yours, uh, cause I've used it so many times just to shut the, like shut people up, just shut the fuck up. And I quote this joke from you all the time and it's your Rolling Stones versus the Beatles joke. And I've said it, I've been in cars with people driving to gigs and they're performing and I'm like, what do you mean the Beatles? I'm like, shut the fuck up. They're a boy band. And then I recite your joke. Uh, th Cause that's what they pretty much are. Like the fucking, you know, Mick Jagger was doing coke off midget's hands on dinner plates when they were walking around. They just put out an album. Like, huh? They just put out, a, they just put out an album, the stone. Yeah. But can you, and it's, tell me it's not just bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Like legitimately. I basically, the whole joke was just, um, you know, people always say that the Beatles are better than this. Like, for whatever reason, those two got compared at the time. Well, it makes sense. They both started kind of at the same time. So people have like, you know, the Beatles are way better than the Stones. And I just have a whole breakdown of of how I think the Stones are better for many reasons. Basically, one, because they're still here. The other band doesn't exist anymore and didn't <laughs> exist for a long time. Um, it's on my YouTube. And honestly, a guy messaged me about it yesterday. Every once in a while, somebody will... Uh, comment on it or say something about it and it's funny because there's a lot of Beatles fans I'm going to say in quotes there's, there's people that really know the Beatles and then there's people that were just told this is the best band and they go with it yeah people have said to me oh well it's easy for the Stones to continue on because one of them wasn't uh murdered by a guy and you go cool pal um John <laughs> Lennon was killed about fucking 11 years after the band broke up Jesus Christ. What what wait, what do you want? How do you they were already broken up. They didn't stop. There's a lot of people out there that really think the Beatles stopped because John <laughs> Lennon was murdered. How the fuck? What are we even doing? Where are you? What's going on? Yeah. You're covering you got a snuggie on. I uh, don't cuz there's the, my favorite thing about that joke is when people say to me, "I love the Beatles, but I find this hilarious." I go, "Great." Great. That perfect because I'm not going to stop yeah. anybody from liking the Beatles, and I don't want of to. If you like them, you like them. But if you can say I like the Beatles a lot, I think they're better than the Stones, but I still think this is funny. Right? That's perfect. That's 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 great. Yeah. Like I can't compare "Give Me Shelter" to "I Want to Hold Your Hand." Like just like shut up. <laughs> and the Beatles have the Beatles. I like a lot of stuff the Beatles did uh, independently. I like a lot of John Lennon stuff by himself. I like a lot of Paul McCartney stuff yeah. by himself together. They have some songs that I, but I, I just never really, you know, and can I tell you, this is so stupid, but at the time, 
对，对，很帅。Um, my <coughs> two friends of mine, they were dating, and they broke up. Okay, years and years ago. And the 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 woman was a huge Beatles fan. Okay. My friend started to become a Beatles fan, so that he could try to like get back in with this woman. So he always、okay. had this music on. He bought the big Apple anthology thing of them getting on and off planes and. So I heard a lot of it at the time, and I just remember going, "Buddy, this I can't deal with this shit. And I don't even think you like it, but you're、um, you're doing it to sort of get back. In, you know what I mean?、Uh, yeah. So, I mean, but whatever. Even as a kid, I didn't I didn't、uh, vibe with it too much. I remember my mom was driving me to Cubs as Cub Scout weekend, like one of those、um, Camp Mush Mush, I think in Tatamagush, Nova Scotia. I think it was Tatamagush.、Okay. Anyways. Um, Camp Mush Mush, I, yeah. Um, because、uh, you're like you know,、uh, snow sled dogs or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And whatever. Gotcha, anyways,、okay. it's not Nova Scotia. I get it. <clears throat> it was in the summer though. But anyways, whatever. So my mom dropped me there, and I remember on the radio,、um, "You say goodbye," and、uh, and I hated it. I think I was、yeah. maybe nine or ten, and I just I just it just hit my head at like a. I just hated it. I I hated it. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't. I just did not like it. I have not been.、Um, I have not been a fan, and I'm not like against these people, but I haven't been a fan of the Beatles. I don't have any of their songs on my phone. It's just not a thing. But、um, right. I like the Stones a lot. Whatever. I've rambled too much. I apologize. No, no, no. I, I I'm a huge Stones guy. I grew up on the Stones. I don't think the Beatles even. And, and, and this may be controversial, but they don't even hold a candle to the Stones as a rock band. Because I always saw the Beatles as like the first boy band. That's a, that's in sync from the fucking sixties, pretty much. And girls would go crazy and everything like that. And as a rock band, a rock R and B like rhythm and blues, old school fucking like bar drinking. This is the Stones, and and that's always going to be iconic to me. For you,、mm-hmm. in comparison to comedy. Is there a debate with comedians between Beatles and Stones? Who would be that sort of? Is it Carlin versus Breyer? Is it? Oh, 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 oh. Well, I mean, the. Well, see, there was a question I, somewhere coming. So I mean, I, I think, think the same thing could be said for, like, okay, this could go with people that are very musically inclined, right? Could go.、Right. Here's why these things are better, and I could just go, yeah, but I like this one more, right? As far、mm-hmm. as that goes, because I'm not. There's music that I like, but I don't know a lot about music. I don't. I'm not. I don't. I don't know a lot about music. I know music that I like. I know music I don't like. But beyond that, I don't know the ins and outs, the 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 certain types of sounds here and there. I just don't. Comedy, I do to a degree know much more about, but I think、yes. I, I could have my own thoughts. A comedian could have their own thoughts about whatever. But again, once it gets outside. What you like is what you like. If somebody says Carlin's the best, and then somebody else goes, "No, I like Bobcat Goldthwait more than I did," valid, man, because that's your opinion on this. There's not. I don't think there can ever be. I know who my favorite comedians are, but I don't think there can ever be one person that's the best just based on the fact that it's so subjective and 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 um. This might not be the type of thing that you vibe with, so right. I'm not, as far as comedians go, I have heard the debates between Carlin and and Pryor, and it's like, okay, for for me, for me, it's Carlin, but I think that's because also 
that was one of the first comedians I ever saw. I just, I, I like that whole deal. You saw Carla um, live? Yeah. No, 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 no. I meant like on just like a thing. I mean, I think okay, sorry. the first time oh, I ever saw mind. one of his specials was like 10. Cause my mom, my mom was like, you got to see this. So I'm sitting there and I was like, this is great. I love this. This old wizard <laughs> yelling about things. Um, <laughs> So anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know. There, there are those debates, but it's also go, you go, what are you going to do? There's, there's different. I don't think there can ever just be the, the best in comedy, I guess. I don't know. Hey, in, in, in all fairness, I had tickets to see Don Rickles and James Brown, and they both died before the fucking show came. Mm. <laughs> I had tickets to see Don Rickles at Casino Niagara and James <laughs> Brown at Rama. And like, I remember James Brown was around Christmas, and he, I had tickets to the show, and the motherfucker died on me. And then the same thing happened with Don Rickles. And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> I got to see Don Rickles at uh, Just for Laughs years ago. I think he was 87 or something, 86, wow. 87 maybe. And I'm so happy I got to see him. It was great. He was he was older, obviously. He he repeated some things. But you know what he did at the end, which I I, I think somebody told me he did at every show. He sang a song about how grateful he was for the audience. And you could tell that he really meant it. And it was like, ah, oh, man, it was great. It was, it was really, it was really great. I'm very happy I got to see him. Mr. Warmth, man, you gotta love him. Uh, Nathan, how I kind of like to wrap <laughs> up the podcast is a kind of rapid fire set of mm -hmm. questions. I always say rapid fire and I always say this. Every fucking episode, because as soon as you give an answer, I'm going to go, what? Or it's going to spot another topic, and it's never really rapid fire. But we'll try. We'll try to get through it. Uh, a list of questions, the rundown, as I call it, of the podcast. But to kick off, your favorite comedic influence growing up. I mean, it would be Carlin or Chris Rock. Carlin or Chris Rock. I'm a huge Chris Rock fan. Your favorite stand-up today? There's a lot. I mean, there's so many... There's so many great people. <clears throat> if I'm being serious, yeah, because I've, please, I've that's been, good. I want to want you to. Know. I've been able to live long enough to see it now. Uh, I I do love seeing Chris Rock work on stuff in smaller rooms. I've I, I have been able to see it many times at this point, and I think it's great. And just like coming from when I you know watched him as a kid and was so shocked by it, I mean, he's still one of my favorites. Yeah, there's something about him, man. I think he's. More talented than Dave Chappelle is Dave, Ch and not that Dave Chappelle's not funny. I'm just saying he's kind of moved into a different stage of his career. He's more of like a, like, like a like a storyteller of, of like an old folk singer to Chappelle's, where Chris Rock still has that that essence of Eddie Murphy, where they'll drop a truth on life and work a hilarious set around it and constantly make you think. And Chris Rock is a wizard at that, and how he just commands the stage just by his cadence. There's, I think. No one better than Chris Rock. So I agree with you on that. Stones and Rock. Look at that. Uh, best comedy movie you always loved growing up watching. Or maybe you still watch uh, it today. I don't know. Whatever it's on, probably, you kind of throw away the remote. Uh, probably. I, I love Dumb and Dumber. Naked Gun's great. The Naked Gun series, yeah. Yeah. Probably those two. Uh, Dumb and Dumber and Naked Gun, the first two that come to mind. Tropic Thunder was also great. Anyways, whatever. Those three. You can, you can go on. Leaving it alone. No, no, no. It'll go on forever. Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber, Naked Gun are so great. Like, just great. Great, 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 great. Favorite club to perform at? Nathan, do you have, like, a favorite stage? Someplace you call home? I mean, Comedy Cellar's great. Gotham, 
Comedy club in New York is great. But then there's also just like lots of cool places. You know what I mean? Like literally the place I was just in in Montana, Newberry Theater in Great Falls. Great. There's a lot of cool places. Um, I don't know, man. I guess whatever. I, I, I've been lucky enough to perform <laughs> in some, some really uh, cool places. I, 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 it's hard to say just here's my, I don't know. There's lots of, there's lots of cool places. Best set of yours to date. Does one oh. stick out? No, I don't even, I don't have, that's not for me to say. No, man, I, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, that's, this is your time to kind of shine. Yeah, man. I don't have my, the best. So, oh, dude, 2009, man. I fucking go, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I've had some really good shows. I've had some fucking awful, miserable, terrible shows. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm not sure. You're on the road. Who's riding shotgun with you? Who's your favorite traveling buddy? Another comic. Elvis, man. You know, Elvis, <laughs> when you get out, when you get when you get Elvis out there, man, he's so funny. He's really great. He's always talking about peanut butter. Um I, I that, that's another one that's like uh I will say this. There are like I've I've traveled with comedians. Uh I mean, having my girlfriend and my dog's pretty great. That that really is great. Um there's some people that are not it's very hard to travel with. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, I'll just what as an example, one time I was driving with a comedian and uh, I was driving, my phone was plugged in and I go, I go, Hey man, whatever music you want, you know, just, just take your phone and put it in. Like, I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. And he goes, I don't like to listen to music when I drive. And I go, what do you listen to podcasts or whatever? And he goes, no, I don't listen to anything. I just like to think. And I went, this is going to be, <laughs> very long fucking trip man this this one here is gonna be tough just driving no comment? sound thinking yes like like you just lost your your partner in a in a, in a you know a shootout with some gang i mean i just like what I, it really it's a lot let's all just sit quietly and listen to the air conditioning wow yes you don't want to name the comic or no no, 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 because that, that's not, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, a place on the road that sticks out in your head that had like the best food, the best pizza. What's one place that kind of sticks out for the best food? Anywhere, any city, any state, across America, across Canada, go here because they got the best or I had the best blank at this place. Food wise, what was it? You, you know, maybe because I just don't. I'll say again. So because it just happened. Okay. okay. Great Falls, Montana. <laughs> uh, there, traveling tourism course. For 12 yeah. Great, Falls, Great Montana. Falls, Montana has this, this, uh, restaurant called Clark and Louie's in the O'Hare Inn. Okay. And it's like a diner type thing. I had an, a spinach and bacon omelet in that place. That dude, dude, <laughs> So good, man. It was incredible. Loved it. Absolutely great. They had those um, hash browns, but it was like the, the griddle type of fries. The right. potatoes, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? The, the the omelet itself was huge. They had to have like a half pound of bacon in this thing. Doesn't make sense. Oh. Loved it, dude. Loved this place. Loved it. Now it was also breakfast, because I think Montana, the first thing I think of is steak. It's the Calgary, well, right, of, of the states. It's right under Alberta, yeah. I, um, I, I... Well, I like I, I had slept in the airport the night before on a bench. My neck shattered. <laughs> so I think so it was an I, upgrade, I guess. When I finally got to the place, I was like, I just have to have breakfast and then go to bed. And then I basically slept until the show. But uh, that and I and the, yeah, man, 
that 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 omelet. Great Falls, Montana. Um, keeping with the food theme, if you had to replace your kitchen with any sort of fast food restaurant, what would that be? What's your greasy spoon? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, you're getting it all from this place. What is it? I don't eat a lot of like fast food now, but I mean, Wendy's, oh, Wendy's, Wendy's spicy. They have a, Wendy's they have a breakfast menu now, Wendy's. Fuck their fucking. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know what, I, I don't need to, I don't even need to see what they have. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know why. The spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's was anyway incredible. What a party, man. And if you got the the cheese that goes on the baked potato and you put it on that thing, breakfast wise, I mean, now I'm picking two things and I apologize. I have to I love I loved McDonald's breakfast. The sausage McMuffin, no egg from McDonald's. It's nine hundred percent salt. It's all salt. <laughs> that thing, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, their, their hash browns are pretty bang on. First celebrity crush. Shit. Uh, I mean, buddy, it'd probably be, probably be fucking, I don't know, Pamela Anderson, Carmen Electra, somewhere in there, I think. She just recently changed her probably. name. Probably. Who did? Carmen Electra. Carmen? To what? Uh, her real name. Prince gave her that name. Prince gave wow. her the name oh, Carmen yeah. Electra. Her real name wow. was made famous from an adult film actress, Tara Patrick. Her real name is not, Carmen's not even her. I would assume it was Carmen something, but it's not even. Nope. Carmen Electra well, is a made up name given to her by Prince. True story. Hmm. Prince I, I remember hearing that. Yeah. Yep, and he gave her the name Carmen Electra. Her real name because it was sort of hush-hush in the Hollywood and underground people kind of knew it. And it became yeah. famous because an adult film star used it as her porn name was Tara Patrick. That's Carmen Electra's well, real name. Well, also, uh, now that I'm think thinking about it, when I was 10, I saw, well, probably even less, actually, eight or nine, something like that, I saw The Mask. And, um... The Mask? It, the Mask. Jim Carrey's The Mask. Uh, yeah. Cameron uh, Diaz, Cameron Diaz was in it. Man, when she walked into that bank okay. when I was nine, woo! That was like the first time I remember going, "What the fuck is happening to me, man?" I don't know. <laughs> this is why I'd have to say her, Cameron Diaz in the mask. Yeah, wow, wow. <laughs> turn, man. Yeah. Coincidentally, that movie starred my favorite stand-up comedian, Richard Jenny. Oh, not starred. Mm -hmm. He co-starred with Jim Carrey, but huge Richard Jenny fan. Um, what's next on the bucket list for Nathan McIntosh? What are you tackling Everything? next? Huh? All of it. Everything. <laughs> Whatever comes up on, on the, the bucket list. Did you know? You make it sound like I'm fucking like I'm Jack Nicholson. What else? What else are you gonna conquer out there? I don't know. All of it, man. I think I've done four fucking things. I would host the Junos today. <laughs> So you, this is your open, you know, request saying that if you were offered the Junos, you would take it, hundred percent. Especially if they're being held in Nova Scotia. I mean, hey, what about oh, a homecoming? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. Canadian outlets need to do more of that. I mean, Russ Russell Peters has hosted enough in his lifetime, and so is Jerry D. Now get these other people some some credit. Um, how I kind of want to end things off is the last question of this rapid fire, and please. Out of all the questions, take your time because I think it's the most influential for anybody else listening. 
the best advice you ever got in this industry? I've said this so many times, man. And at this point, maybe it's kind of sad, but I still do sort of mean it. The best advice I was ever given in stand-up comedy was from a man who's now passed away, who everybody called Crazy Bob Keel. Okay? Man's name is Bob Keel. Everybody called him nuts. And I had never <laughs> met him. Okay? But I ended up, I, I, I worked with him once. We worked on, uh, we were doing shows in Montreal and outside of Montreal at these, uh, at these legions years and years ago. Right. Okay. And everybody was like, you're working with crazy Bob Keel. Oh, he's nuts. That guy's crazy. You're, you're, you're going to see he's nuts. So I, I'm like, okay, well, let's see what happens. I get there. He goes, uh, he goes, how long are you doing comedy? And I told him and he goes, uh, all right, let me tell you something, kid. And I'm sitting there going, here we go. It's going to be nuts. He's going to tell me to only wear bow ties or, you know, always open with some street joke. Who knows, yeah. right? Some, I don't know. Play he goes, <laughs> save 10. Yeah, play the flute, ukulele. <laughs> Get a ukulele. He goes, save 10% of everything you make. And I went, what? He goes, save 10% of everything you make. He goes, this business sucks. He goes, there'll be times where you can't work like you might hurt yourself and you literally can't work. And so you cannot make money. He goes, you only really make money. And this again, at the time you only make money by going out there and doing it. So he goes, save 10% of everything you make. So if you have to miss a month, if you have to miss two months, you have money set aside to pay for your life. And I went, yeah, all right. And, and started doing that from that time. He also, he also, uh, I was eating like a bag of Lay's chips and he took them out of my hand and he goes, stop eating that shit. You can't travel on the road eating just this fat fucking greasy shit. He goes here. And he gave me a bag of trail mix. He go, And I go, wow. So here's my thought. Comedians again, more so at the time were so like, who gives a fuck about money? Give me those wings that anybody who, who went, Hey, save your money and eat healthy was crazy. <laughs> Like he's that guy's bananas. So, save ten percent of everything you make uh, was the best advice I have been given in comedy. I feel. I guess that guy was kind of like that fatherly figure, and that, that that's an advice that you know someone would give to a, their kid. Now, my, my 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 nobody in my family would have given that advice. I was well, with them. Okay, your family's unique, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Nathan. February 16th in Vancouver. People can catch yes. you as a part of JFL, Just for Laughs, Vancouver. Does it Vancouver do Just for Laughs differently? As someone who's seen Just for Laughs Toronto and obviously been to Just for Laughs Montreal, is it a different vibe in Vancouver? Has Vancouver got its own kind of thing going on? Can I tell you, man, I mean, I love Vancouver. This is my first time actually doing uh, JFL in Vancouver. I've never done that. Hey, before. right on. Okay, Yeah, congrats. so Biltmore Cabaret, uh, February 16th. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I thank you for your time today, buddy. Always a pleasure chatting with you. And like I said, I always love catching you when you're in town. You're fucking hilarious, and you kill the stage every time you you, you step foot, buddy. You're, you're awesome, and I only want great things for you. Congrats with JFL uh, Vancouver. All the best, and I hope to catch up with you down the road, buddy. Thank you, man. Great talking to you, buddy. I really appreciate it. Awesome. I'll talk to you. Take care. Yeah, later, man.